Hello and welcome. On today's show, Emic, poster artist and illustrator, and someone that we've wanted to find out more about after we saw one image in particular. Uh, years back, he had done a poster for a concert of Nick Cave, but had portrayed Nick Cave as a map using images from his songs and things from his life. And it's a haunting image that you could never quite shake. Well, after that, we started looking around and we found out that uh, he's done work for tons of people, from the Avett Brothers to Air, from Danzig to Neil Diamond, from Neil deGrasse Tyson to Rage Against the Machine to Erica Badu, and the list goes on. It becomes apparent quickly that this exotic character born in a kibbutz in Israel is the guy that you go to when you need to visualize the intangible. So on today's program, we talk with Emek, E-M-E-K, and you can visit his webpage at emek.net. What follows is a portion of a conversation with artist and illustrator Emek. Spe- uh, speaking of um, of heroes, uh, I had to note that R. Crumb said, great design and impeccable political sentiments. What more could you ask for on a poster? And he said that about your yes. work. Uh, how did that yes, feel? Yes, he did. Well, again, so I, I kind of grew up um, with Zap Comics. and um, My parents are both artists. So when they would visit other artist studios and they would have their grown-up conversation, I would be in the corner looking through record collections and, and whatever ephemera they had lying around. So the, the psychedelic art entered my world at a very early age because in my dad's art studio, he had old vintage World War II posters and old opera posters and old, a lot of old 60s posters just as like visual references. So I grew up always like even as a kid, my little drawings had like text in them, like Grateful Dead album cover style stuff. Like I was always, in, even when it was gibberish, I was always putting text oh, into my awesome. art. So you do the, the happy picture of the dog under the sun and somehow there's a text flow that goes through it. Yeah. Like, um, that's funny. yeah. You know, I just uh, like all, all my visual world had like writing in it from looking around my dad's art studio growing up and he would make his giant paintings and I would sit in the corner and draw on the wall or scraps of paper. Any other, any other uh, favorite artists or big inspirations? Uh, well, you kind of caught me off guard. Let's say, uh, yeah, I mean, for sure. So, I mean, um, growing up with Zap and like, so the sixties posters transitioning into underground comics. Cause there was overlap there with Victor Moscoso and Rick Griffin and R. Crumb, um, who did comics and, um, uh, design work or poster work. Um, and, uh, yeah. in my dad's art studio, he had a library of Albert Durr, like with old woodcuts, you know, so I, and old Japanese woodcuts. So I, I liked, like every little every little square inch of space had the uh, details and line work, um, so that was an influence um, for sure. Like, and watching my dad paint was my biggest influence. What and my mom too. I mean, my parents always want to remind me, like, hey, we are still alive. Like, don't say we were an influence. Don't say we were artists. We still are. Still here. Wave the flag. So yeah, my my mom. My mom just recently had a show like a few months ago at a nice gallery in Portland. Um, and uh, my dad still paints and and sculpts and does whatever he does. 
every day. It's part of his And we'll make life. a connecting link um, in the description on, on this talk as well. And so you can go through and you can actually connect and see some of your, some of the family's work, which it's, there's this huge breadth. Uh, there's amazing diversity, which yeah. it's, it's really great to see. Uh, oh yeah. My, my brother does amazing work, my sister. So yeah. And you were thing. born in Israel on a kibbutz. Yeah, so like the kibbutz that I'm from was very um, progressive. They were very much into the peace movement and um, uh, it's complicated and it's old yeah. stuff, you know, like, um, but yeah, a lot of thinkers. I mean, the, the, the philosophy was you need to know how to be a good farmer and you need to know how to be a good philosopher. Like it was hand in hand, a book in one hand, like everyone pr prided themselves on, on knowing how to work the earth. And, 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 uh, you know, they would always have like political discussions and philosophical discussions. Uh, so it was a sense of pride to be able to work with your hands, but also to Wow. So, this is, yeah, that's amazing. So this, I can't, I can't speak for all kibbutzim or kibbutzes, but like, but my kibbutz was definitely like, uh, early socially conscious and whatever. So it really was, we're going to raise the whole person. We're going to grow a complete person rather than, Oh, you'll just work on, you know, you'll just do coding. You'll just do the farming. This was, well, so every, Every every generation has its transition. When you're building something from nothing, it's it's much more ideology. And then once it's established, the kids that are born into that system, you know, then they want to take it into another direction than their predecessors. So, it's, there's general general generational shifts. But uh, you know, I can I can go on about that whole whole stuff. But yeah, I was born on a kibbutz, and uh, my parents are artists. So yes, I, I you know we always took pride in working with our hands. So. At an early age, my dad taught me like how to work on cars and how to cut cement and put in a door and move plumbing and electrical. Like, you know, it's like building a, I built my first art studio with my dad from scratch, from pouring a foundation and, and everything. So, you know, pride in working with your hands is one aspect and art is just one, one manifestation of the creativity of that. that that's one of the first things that kind of hit me about your work was there's the uh, the old saying of writing about music is like dancing about architecture which it's basically saying that you can't you can't carry over some of the intangibles it just doesn't work that way well actually i think you've kind of done that though you kind of have carried over the intangibles or if uh if the music is kind of a carrier or is a holder for a world or a sentiment or an understanding your work really does catch that in an, a really an amazing way. Is that something that you've always kind of had was this ability to tap into the gist of something beyond just lyrics or beyond just an approach? Um, well, so thank you for the compliments. I mean, I'd like to think every, everyone interprets music uh, differently. And plus there's, so many genres and, and people like, I like to think like I have different moods. So I listen to all different kinds of music. I don't limit it to, Oh, I only like this one style. So, and, and, and my art is the same way. When my, when I was little, my parents would take me and my brother and my sister to museums and galleries and we'd see stuff we liked. 
all different kinds, from abstract art to representational to sculpture. And then we'd come home and try to recreate it ourselves because we couldn't afford anything, but we wanted to have, you know, cool stuff on our walls. So I grew up, I grew up uh, drawing in a variety of different styles because I was influenced by so many things. And, and I listened to a variety of different um, styles of music as well. And, and so I, what I love about it is I close my eyes and then I see images. So definitely in, for me, my, in my line of work, um, I listen to a band's music before I go to bed and then I have dreams and visuals and then I come up with ideas. So they're always triggered by the music in some way, but how they then kind of unravel and I don't know, come out, um, you know, but the catalyst is always listening to a particular um, band that I'm working with and then seeing what comes out. And, and what I love about it is that the bands that approach me, they're like, you know, just do what you do, do something our fan base will like. So that gives me so much creative freedom to kind of just explore, to see what I want to draw. And then I come up with a concept. And then from there, I figure out what style I want to draw it in. But for me, it always starts with a concept that's triggered by the music in some way. And then keeps it fun, keeps it interesting, you know, it, mixing it, really it up. It really me when it, it's funny. There, uh, there are some artists that are so distinctive, um, not just stylistically, but as, as humans, like Erica Badu came to mind immediately. It's like, she is a, she is a complex, wonderful person. I always love uh, hearing interviews with musicians of how much they demure when they're around her, that quote unquote, you can't look her in the eyes, that she's just, there's, there's it, something oh bigger than freaking life it's so true. Yeah, in, in Erica. Yeah. When I first met Erica, like the first time I ever met her, I couldn't sleep and I had to make a piece of art and give it to her as a gift. Oh, wow. And then, she, and then her manager said, "Oh, everybody does that when they meet her." No kidding. Like I just this is the yeah, natural reaction. Something about her aura, her wow. personality. Yeah, and, and I was just like, I was. It was such a. I, I can't explain it, but I worked with Erica. I don't know. We've been working together for a long time. I do our album covers, yep. tour posters, merchandise, all that stuff. But you, you well distill the complexity of her as a person that there's this quality you can't typecast her i don't care what she did two years ago or what you think of her style what you associate with her there's something that's uncontainable that kind of almost life force is overflowing or something uh kind of thing about a certain artists like her and i i thought in looking through the work it's like gosh dang you've really caught the wild complexity the uncontainability of it of uh, erica at her best which was that's really amazing well, you know, when you work with someone that's inspiring, it definitely uh, gives you a lot more uh, freedom and then passion to uh, to create. That's the other thing that kind of hit me was the more I kind of sat and tried to look through everything as much as I could find about you, the less I could typecast you, like from the Abbott brothers well, of this kind of beautiful American sense of that that kind of pastoral sense. Uh, almost this kind of purity to the the French band Air and that kind of crystalline, you know, cleanness of their sound uh, to Rage at all points in between. Danzig. Yeah. Uh, it was it was amazing to go through. Yeah. Uh, I have some great Danzig stories from 25 years ago or something, but another, another time. time. 
So artists do seek you out. There's kind of there's a yeah, natural so, process that tends to happen where you soak in the stuff, you soak in music as well as presence, and then something happens. Yeah, for sure. Um, it is a I don't know. I I like to think as a symbiotic relationship, but maybe I'm just a parasite. Maybe I'm just gleaning off of their work. But um, I like to think that. Um, like, well, one, one example is like Erica flew me down to her studio to see what she was working on because she's like, I'm not going to play you stuff over the phone because last time I did that, it got leaked. So come down, we'll hang out. So I go to her studio and uh, help her kids with her homework. And she cooked me a really nice vegetarian meal. And I mean, and she's just awesome energy. But then she's like, draw me something so I can write a song about it. And I'm just like, no, that's not how it works. You have to, I have to listen to your music and then I'll get ideas. But, you know, she, she was, um, is a very uh, hands-on person. Like she gets involved. Some bands are management or band. Cause every, every deal is different. Like you, I work with sometimes someone in the band. I work sometimes with the record company, but they're like, you know, um, listen to our music and do what you do. So with Erica, she's, She's more hands-on, more involved. So it definitely was a more of a, a togetherness working relationship, is, which is special. Is so special. It's, you, because you basically go down and be part of her life for a bit, which, that God, that's that's such a gift. Yeah, several times. I mean, her mom is a hoot. Her mom is the best. So Wow, you're fam. Um, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I was going to ask um, – yeah. There's a lot of people that it seems to kind of hit a sweet spot for them and for you, but even in whether it's Foo Fighters or Queens of the Stone Age, Eagles of Death Metal, um, in every instance, uh, you do end up with almost kind of different sets of imagery. And again, it's is it the same process or do you kind of refer back to what you've done in the past or is every time unique? So, uh, well, you know, so when you're working with... Um... I guess in the subculture, subgenre, whatever of rock and roll, there's certain visual elements that are part of the the language. So you have your skulls and you have your whatever it be, but you know there's there's certain certain tropes or cliches or just part of the vocabulary. So so yeah, I, I like to work within the confines of that medium, but then I like to push the boundaries. And, and again, like when I, when I listen to music and I say, Oh, well, this song reminds me of this or evokes this feeling in me. So I'm going to draw on that style and make it more pretty, or this one's more aggressive, or this one's more political. So the music inspires me. And then, yeah. So like recently I did a poster for the Pixies and in that poster, I put elements of previous Pixies posters that I've done over the years. So it's kind of like uh, there's little hints of things. And, and I do that with Queens of the Stone Age a lot where I'll, I'll throw in something in the corner that is from a previous, you know, shout out to a previous thing I've done. So for me, it's entertaining. And then to see people that like my work and then they'll notice it too. And like, oh, yeah, this is from that 2003 thing. Or, That's awesome. That's so, awesome. Yeah. I mean, I keep it fun for me. And uh you know, I like to think the, the the one thing that kind of the overall like umbrella or the, or what contains me as a as a style is the fact that I work within a particular medium of rock and roll posters for the most part. But within that, I can do laser cutting or embossing or printing on denim or printing on velvet or you know like like in the fine art world, if you if you do a velvet painting, it's considered cheesy. But if you can do that in like in the rock and roll world, people are like, whoa, that's groundbreaking. Indeed. 
indeed. Or, or even, I was noting too, uh, printing on maps uh, that you did U.S. Bombs and Reno Divorce. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That whole thing of just using standard USGS quads as this this imprint format behind everything. Right. Yeah. That was fun. Like, again, I get ideas. Like, the that was a cool, like, hardcore skate band called U.S. Bombs. And so I said, well, why don't we just do a giant bullseye at Target and say and, – and have the information, but as the paper – I will get actual like yeah. old maps and each one will be a different old map with the same print on it, but it'll be like a big target, like us bombs. And the, and the end result was so, ridiculously yeah, diverse and really cheap. cool. Uh, everyone worked in a different way somehow. It was really interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love old maps. I love the details and uh, I have two family members that are cartographers or, oh. or did it for a while. So, yeah, all that little detail yeah, stuff. That's our peeps, <laughs> for sure. Um, real quick yeah. on uh, the Nick Cave map. It was for um, for a show in Manchester back in two thousand and six, and it. Um, did you yeah. meet him at any point? Yeah. Um, or prior to the show, I met him at a, at a show at a small performance in Los Angeles uh, years before that event. Um, so I've always kind of been, a, I mean, I've been a fan before I met him even, but yeah, he has, he has an interesting um, aura too. I always think he, he strikes me. I, I was always interested that when he was young, he said at one point that all those biblical stories that he was told somehow kind of imprinted on his mind of this whole thing, the, these epic tales of beauty and horror all kind of wrapped into one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And murder ballads yeah. and, uh, right. A lot of biblical kind of imagery in his, in his, uh, work for sure. Um, and so that particular poster, no, oh, but go you, ahead. you were saying like that vibe of kind of the trauma of life, that's not a stage show thing. That's really Nick Cave. Is that kind of what you you experienced? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so there's a couple of musicians that I've worked with or, or met, and it's like they give everything on stage, and they're vulnerable, and it's like there's they show the dark side and everything, and but they're they're expressing themselves, they're exposed, and it's like this moment that they create that you're feeling like you're a part of something really special. And then they have, they're totally spent after the show. There's like, you know, there's backstage, but wow. there's this like, um, they gave it all on stage and that's it. You know, there is no more. And so in, in the map, uh, poster that you did for Nick Cave, it's, it's beautiful on so many levels. The, the poetic image of him is the ocean, uh, this outline that makes up uh, kind of a, a view yeah. of him. And then there's all the songs. I mean, going back, I mean. So there's, there's 50 different song references in it. Um, and actually, when the poster was first released, there was a contest to see whoever could. Um, so first, I have to say that the poster itself is a collaboration with my brother, who's an artist. Oh. So he gets a lot of the credit for this project, too. Um, and his stuff is amazing. Um He's my younger brother, though, so I'm the, the lead man on the team. But, but yeah, uh, he he um, did a really great work on this poster. So it's one of it's one of my proudest moments as far as getting a chance to work with my family and also what we've created together. It was a real labor of love. I mean, there was so much work involved in this particular piece. 
yeah, a lot of song references and um, meanings come to it. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I finally got you. Sorry, that's terrible. I've got technical d- difficulties at the worst time. Um, yeah, I apologize. Okay, it happens. Um, so, yeah, in in essence, the Nick Cave that I'm thinking of, uh, that is a to-the-marrow experience. And what you kind of conveyed of, again, a um, an image of that kind of biblical complexity, uh, the, the irony. Right, no man is an island, but, uh, you know, who knows how deep we are indeed something like that indeed <laughs> indeed gosh the depth um, of his soul yeah 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 man have a great day have a great weekend and uh, we'll hope to catch you again you're great thank you our thanks to emic for a chance to chat and learn a bit more and our apologies to everyone especially emic for our technical difficulties something that we're ironing out will get fixed please feel free to contact us at newprojectionscast at gmail. Catch you next time.